Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. You are back for our journey through comic book film, and this week marks a special one for us early 2000s babies, potentially late 90s for one of us. I am Colton Robertson, and I am joined today by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And for the second time on this journey through comic book film, the first repeating guest we've had, this is Michael Muehlberger. What's up, homie? What's up, Colton? Doing great. Glad to be back. Like you said, second time on, and hopefully that number just keeps growing. So It, it should. As, as I, I anticipate, you'll stick with us through this trilogy of films at the very least. We've got Spider-Man. 2002 this week toby mcguire spidey and this is a a big one for us as uh as as the late 90s early 2000s babies we are i grew up on this film this is uh it's like crack for me uh this was uh released on may 3rd 2002 i was two and a half years old uh it's written by david kep and directed by sam raimi Michael, yeah. since you are the guest here, I want to get your th- your thoughts first. How you feel? How you feeling about Spider Man two thousand two? Fresh off of it, love it, love it. It's been a while since I've seen these movies. You know, just Marvel is just you know constant every year coming out with new stuff. And even after seeing like these past twenty years of film and the advancement of technology, going back twenty years, great movie, love it. So oh. good. It felt like oh. right. Like it was one of my favorite Spider-Man movies of all time. Like they, it's it's an older movie, but they they hit it hit. This is the like X Men was like. There's this thing where Blade was the first like real deal Marvel movie. You know, Howard the Duck happened in the '80s, and it was all right. It was it it happened. We moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blade happened in '98, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, this is dope." X Men happens in 2000, and it's like. Okay, we're really getting there. Like this is this is re- like this is officially Marvel is doing it, and then Spider Man two thousand two comes out, and it's just like fuck everything you knew prior to this Marvel wise. We're doing we're doing shit right. Um, and I, I don't think uh I don't think it's uh the greatest movie of all time or anything, but it's a damn good movie. It's it's amongst the best in the journey so far. Uh, Joe, how are you feeling? Finally, something familiar this i felt like i came out of the womb watching this movie uh because it it came out before my brain could even really function and remember anything so that is basically how i remember it me like um, i've known this movie all my life yeah i've told the story many times i have ruined a blockbuster vcr of this movie because i watched it so many times and the blockbuster guy gave it to me because of how many times i rented it um it literally blew up out of my vcr um and I had to go get a new one. 
Um, at that point, DVDs came out, and I got the DVDs. Um, so that problem went away. But that is how much I watched these movies. This this was, I mean, my parents hated how much I watched this movie. It was the only movie I would watch as a kid. Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. Over and over and over. And, I mean, it's the first movie on this project where I've watched the movie before. X-Men was like that, where I did actually watch the movie as a somewhat grown up and I could memorize the movie. But, like, this is a movie that I have watched forever and that this is the first time in the project where I'm very comfortable and it is finally a nostalgic movie. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this has been one I've been waiting for for quite a while. Um and ah, yeah, I can't wait to get into it. There's been so I've been like haven't been able to talk about this movie in this amount of detail ever. Um, no, yeah, like we've never uh, done a podcast on the on the Spider-Man Raimi trilogy. Like this is a this is a first, you know. When it came to the Batman movies, we've done we've done something we titled the Batman binge. We talked the Dark Knight trilogy. We talked Batman and Robin. This was three years ago, four four years. It's a long time ago now that we talked about it on the podcast and uh, my perspective of the movies has changed. And it's funny, like that's the danger of podcasting for a long time is that there are like very different accounts of how I feel about things all over the place. Like, cause my feelings change so much, you know, like uh, I love a movie one day like, or I hate a movie three years ago. I love it now, you know, like, and, and there's, there's these two different sides of me that you get on this podcast. Luckily, my opinion of this movie has never changed. I love this movie and I have always loved this movie. Um, and it'll be, it'll be a good one to talk about. This was definitely far and away the most comic book influences that I've, I've listed for, uh, for us. We have a uh, Spider-Man's first appearance in amazing fantasy number 15, which thoroughly, thoroughly influenced this movie, uh, more so than I really remembered, uh, because I've read Amazing Fantasy and I've watched Spider-Man, but I've never done it back to back, and they are just it's blatant as all fuck uh, that they're like the the wrestling match he goes to to make a hundred bucks, which is funny because he gets slid a hundred dollar bill right after, which I thought was interesting. Uh, like little little homages like that. It was so fucking cool. A uh, bunch of bunch of Green Goblin's appearances, Mary Jane's first appearance, Harry Osborn's first appearance, and then uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, which I think truly is where the more recent comic book at the time 2002 mm -hmm. ultimate spider-man was the most recent version of spider-man and was a blatant influence on this almost beat for beat a lot of a lot of stuff overlapping there um and i'd argue this is probably the most honorable to comic books we've ever gotten that's what I was going to say is that I, the way I've been kind of treating the comics going through is I've tried, I've tried my best to go from the absolute earliest point to the newest point. I've tried to go in chronological order as best as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, it is really cool. Like for one, just a side note of the comics is like, sometimes you see the little advertisements that they put in there. Like that's, it's not related to the story whatsoever, but it's cool like seeing what an advertisement in the sixties or the seventies, what, what would look like, you know, like sort of thing. So that's just right. a side note, whatever, but like seeing how the character develops over time. And like this movie came out in 2002, all of these comics were out like that were like, that's the thing. There's so much, like so many comic books that this could have been based off of. Unlike whenever we're covering Batman before they didn't really have the vast 
huge library to choose from. It was like, you know, still a new ish character. He'd only been a character for about 20 years. Um, So this is cool seeing an already well established character coming to the big screen um, and having all those comics before, well knowing what the movie is, like reading the comics and being like, oh, that was just, you know, that's like really cool. Like, I didn't even watch the movie and I'm reading all the comics and I'm like picking up on things. But then as I watch the movie i pick up on like the smaller things that like i would have never even thought about as being like a, a reference you know at all to a comic but um these comics were really fun i really enjoyed these ones were super easy to read just because of how much i love super or spider-man 2 um so yeah these ones were overall really good um i love i loved just it was it didn't seem like a chore at all like no. it, it was just actually fun reading through these so no, for sure, Mike. Did you get a chance to take a look at take a look see at these? Of course, I did. I looked. I uh, took a gander at every single one you sent. Um, but like previously mentioned in the other podcast, uh, not a big reader, so I just kind of stuck to the pictures. You know, kind of went through that, and I definitely I'm, I can agree with everything you guys have been saying. Um, along uh, with the and sort of like just referencing from the movie, to this just the smallest little things of uh, what actually happened in the movie to the comic book. So yes, yes, no, one hundred percent. That's the beauty of comic books is that they, while they are a reading medium, they are a visual medium. You can a good comic book. I'm of the mind you could remove the words completely and get the story and yeah. be just fine. Um, and I think that's something that Steve Ditko, particularly in the early early Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man issues did very very well there's this panel and i think the amazing spider-man number one it might be an amazing fantasy i I couldn't i I can't remember specifically which one but that sam raimi like blatantly homages where you got like a series of newspapers cascading down the side and spider-man swinging across the panel and we get we get that almost exactly in the movie whenever we see the montage of the the fucking newspapers like flying by and Peter Parker, like walk up and like stare into the camera and then put his mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of really, really cool, just like not beat for beat, but panel for shot kind of influence. And it's really, uh, it's really refreshing, you know, like uh, coming off of a, a few movies that aren't incredibly comics based and blade X-Men like uh, X-Men is comic book based, but the story was very movie original. This had elements of stuff that already existed and they managed to elevate on it in a really meaningful way. You know, like a, an amazing fantasy. One thing that's hilarious to me that the movie definitely does better is that the guy he lets run past. It wasn't even because the, some dude smited him. It's just because he was like, Oh, I'm too big for this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big star now. I, I, I don't have time for all that. And then it's not like he got killed in the carjacking that same guy just happened to like the next day rob his house um which <laughs> that's a little that's like, a little goofy you know i think the movie did that better uh as far as like uh makes more sense yeah oh yeah and it's uh i mean it's a fantastic scene the the, the way this movie's uh set up like it was one thing we were very complimentary of x-men for was like uh the pins they set up early in the movie they always managed to knock down later on and uh i think that's that's like a really big strength of this movie is that there's nothing that you're like whoa we're taking it there Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of that's been a big problem with a lot of comic book movies we've covered is like wow okay sure we're gonna go there this is all just like yeah that makes sense 
of course, like that's, that is the natural next step to this story. And, uh, it's a huge credit to it. I think it's, it's corny at some times. Like it is, you know, there are some lines, like obviously it's a superhero movie. It's a comic book movie. It's going to be that way you're dealing with superheroes. When you actually look at like what's happening to the characters and like, maybe if you just had like, say like, Imagine Tobey Maguire was like Leonardo DiCaprio and Mary Jane was, I don't know, like, you know, just like two just absolute dom, you know, just dominant act. Like, can you imagine like just actually the story that happens between them? Like the girl who's getting like just ridiculed by her family and her current boy tool is just a just dick, whatever. And then like the nerdy boy, like slowly talking her up, like they're slowly falling in love. They've loved each other. You know, like it's actually like the story is so good. Like the actual story that's there is so good. It's would... just kind of the performances sometimes that brings out the little bit of corniness or like the corny writing in some little lines, but Oh, um. for sure. The dialogue can get a little corny and it's, it's campy. That's one thing I love about this movie is that like, I think it's thoroughly influenced by Superman 78 and Superman 2, especially in the romance side of things. Like, uh, the way Spider-Man blatantly tries to tell her he's Peter Parker without telling her he's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know who I am. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, uh, I was just in the neighborhood. He literally said that to her minutes ago. Like, it's like whenever they're making the choice, he's MJ. And then she looks at him like, like how you just said MJ. And then he says, Mary Jane. And then like, it's like very like, I don't know. It was, um, I like how it's, you know, they didn't, I would have liked maybe if she started to figure it out more or like more towards that instead of just being like the initial look and then not thinking of it at all afterwards. But at least it's not like I'm going to kiss you and you'll forget everything I just told, you know, like at least they're not just like doing that. It's kind of what they do with Harry, which is kind of funny. This Um, shit makes a lot more sense. Yeah. than Superman. Like it's easier to go. There's a mask. She literally cannot see his face. Mm hmm. Superman Clark Kent. All right, you got to be figuring that out. Okay, you spend enough time close That's enough fair. to both of them. The I'm same face. <laughs> nothing gets past me. It's definitely not just that you're looking at the same person constantly. You know, I, oh, I don't know. But, same but no, voice. This, I guess that's fair. No, same everything. Same everything. They're the same guy. Uh, <laughs> that's one. Th- I, I do love this movie for it is campy. And the reason I say it is influenced by Superman 78 is that it still takes itself extremely seriously. One thing I have a problem with the MCU, and I bring this up all the time, is that whenever they reference something in-universe that sounds goofy, they make fun of it. What's your name? Otto Octavius. No, for real, man. What's your name? There's no way you with the eight legs is called Otto Octavius. Um, yeah, just own it at that point, you know? The fact that in this movie, they do the very opposite. Spider-Man proposes a worse name yeah. and they go and they, they go, no, I'm going to make sure you're called something else. Okay. Like, uh, he's like the humans, he got my name wrong. I'm not going out there. Like, uh, <laughs> shit was so fucking funny, man. You know, uh, I almost put him as my favorite character. Um, because he's, he's the constant in all the movies. He plays a different role every time. He's, he's the wrestling announcer here. He's like the, the, the usher. Maitre D, yeah. Um, and then what is he in doc, in Multiverse of Madness? He's a hot dog stand guy, you know, that punches himself for two weeks, three weeks straight. What is he in the third movie? 
Or is the third movie where he's the usher? Is I it think just the third movie is where he's the usher. So what is he in the second one? There's always one I forget what he did. He's the wrestling announcer. He's a maitre d'. Um, kind of like another Lee, where he just like has these little small roles. It's well, originally he was conceptualized to be Mysterio, a Spider-Man villain. Oh, okay. And to play play a role in Spider-Man Four, which never happened. Um, so it was like he was going to be there all throughout the first three movies, and then he was going to be like, "Yeah, I've been manipulating you your whole fucking life." Oh. Um, Ooh, I like that. Oh, it would have like, been fucking awesome. How, how did that happen? Did Studio just... stuff. They just... Stuff on the business side of things couldn't follow through with what the creative direction oh. wanted to do. What's a matri... Wait, so he plays the snooty usher in Spider-Man 2 and a matri d in Spider-Man 3. What's... I thought of... Could... I didn't... I didn't know just a matri d. I thought that was just the official name for the usher. I didn't know... Like, I don't even know what a matri d... I, I don't know. I guess I didn't know what that is. Is, is that, that at like a restaurant? Oh, oh, okay. Wait. So he's the usher that doesn't let Spidey go in to Mary Jane's show in the second one. In the third one, he's at a hotel. Ooh, but does the show at what? Yeah. What? What happens in the third one? I guess we'll find out when we get there. But uh, okay. Yeah. We'll remember. Eventually, my favorite character. It always though. fits. Eventually, <laughs> yeah. Um, not my favorite character is what I was trying to get to uh, out of that. Um, mm. Like I was like the Alfred, the constant of Alfreds, and I was yeah. like, okay, let me pull like through Spider Man, but nah, nah, he's a different character. Will be the favorite character. I um, was uh, I was tempted to go J Jonah Jameson for a favorite character. I fucking love J K Simmons' portrayal of J Jonah Jameson. Your wife's online one instantly <laughs> hangs the phone. Like she doesn't even finish the sentence, and he hangs up. Like I literally, like I literally laughed. Like I didn't notice that before, and I literally like laughed. Like it actually got me. Like I was like, "How have I not noticed that before?" Dude, just in like whichever one's cheaper, you know. Like uh, that's you know, like I don't know. It's just from Rip, that dude is hilarious. We, we got um, We have a problem. We've double booked page six. He's like, "Move one to page ten. It can't be done. Do it." You know, like he's like, "Fuck it." Like do it. Twenty percent off. Actually, give him ten. Give him five. Can't be done. Do it anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, Never say I gave you a job, kid. Yeah, my favorite best thing in the world for you. My absolute favorite J. Jonah Jameson scene is when Green Goblin does burst a hole in his wall, and he's like, "Who, who gives you the pictures of Spider Man?" And he's like, nope, "They come in the mail." Not going to tell you that. Like that's really fucking he cool. Snitch. You know, he like he, he holds right it down. Like that's. I was like, okay, J. Jonah Jameson's low-key a real one. He's a little, like, obviously he's fucking nuts, and he's a conspiracy nut, and he does a lot of a, a lot of ridiculous shit, but that that's some cool shit snitch? right there. He was right there. Peter was right there. He could have been, yeah, like, been like, that guy. Literally, like, he just gave me these pictures right here. Take them. I don't want to die. Like, he could have, but he didn't snitch. That's I like Highlighting what you guys have been talking about him, I just want to say one quote that you guys didn't mention before. So you, Peter comes in asking for a job after he hands these awesome photos that he got taken of Spider-Man. And he's like, no, I can't do that. You're just freelance. It's what you want. It's kid your age. It's what you want to do. And he's like, you know what? Best I can do, meat package. I'll send you some meat for Christmas. You want That's a right. He does say that. A box of meat. 
Like that is what? What are you That's doing? That's the best I can do. I'll give you a three hundred dollar check for these pictures and a box of Christmas meats. Yeah, what the what a thing to hear from your new boss? That's not your boss because you don't have a job. And but yeah, well, oh man. Well, and he's, I love a, that he's like crap, 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 crap. Yeah, he's like, he looks at him. He looks at him, and he looks back at Peter like, oh my god. And then he's like, all right, business mode. Shit, yeah. this is terrible. I'll give you what two hundred. He only gives him a hundred dollars more. Like, yeah, well, that's what's funny is yeah. he's like two hundred dollars, and then he's like, uh, "Or you can walk." And he's like, "Okay, I'll walk." And he's like, "All right, fucking shit! I didn't think you'd wait. Come back. I thought you'd just take the money. I'll give you three hundred dollars." <laughs> I guess that is three times what he got from the wrestling match, though. And then he says, "Like the three hundred was like the minimum." Yeah, so he was that's the standard free, like, freelance fee. <laughs> He's like, okay, now I'll offer you the standard low. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, he was like, I was trying to fuck you over before. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what a guy. No, but, I mean, I guess if it hasn't been obvious, Tobey Maguire is my favorite character. It's it's yeah. Spider-Man. It's it's him as Peter Parker, him as Spider-Man. Um, if, that's, that's, if you have a solo movie, you should. That is what should happen yeah. with these movies. Um Performance will get there. It's it's not Tobey Maguire, um, and I think that one's kind of obvious who the performance might be going to. But I'll, I might have to do some more thinking on that one, actually. But character is definitely going to Spidey. That's just without a doubt. I'm no, one hundred percent. I think the way they brought this character to life in live action was one of the most like the most fulfilling live action adaptation of a character since Superman. Yeah. Which is kind of great. Like, I don't think any of the Batman movies do what this managed to do quite quite on that level. You know, I think Batman Forever does a really good job, but I don't think it does, like, oh, that's the peak. That is what Batman should be. No, like, I think this and Superman 78 did what those characters are supposed to be. And, like, uh, whenever, like, like I said, whenever Green Goblin does burst into J. Jonah Jameson's office and then he, like, runs out of the room and he goes around and he drops down and, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's like, I knew you two were in this together, and he like webs his mouth shut and he goes, shut up, mommy and daddy need to discuss something. Uh, like, that's hilarious. You know, like that's so fucking funny. And uh, like the little quips, he's just he's got them on lock, you know. I didn't I usually just in my head go, Andrew Garfield has the best quips, I think. And I still think that. But like, I was just paying attention to that a little bit more. He does a pretty good job. He holds his own with the uh, with the snide remarks. I think the thing of his quips here that I noticed this watch is that like he slowly gets more and more confident as the movie goes on in suit and out of suit. When he's in suit, he's fully confident because he's in a mask and like that's the whole point. You can be whoever you're spy. He is Spider-Man at that point, not Peter Parker. So he is confident. He's doing whatever. But whenever he every interaction he has with Mary Jane, they're so awkward at the beginning. You know, it's like even watching it, you're like. Ooh, like, you know what's coming, it's still awkward. But then, like, he tests the waters a little bit more. After he's Spider-Man, he's like, she starts to walk away, and he's like, oh, no, I wouldn't have said something before, now I have to. He's like, oh, we could go grab lunch, I'll come get coffee one time. And it was still awkward, it was still, like, a defeat, but, it, like, he tested a little bit more. And he kept getting yeah. further and further and further. And then, like, well, I mean, after that point... First was, time, he doesn't say anything. I know, yeah. When he catches her, and he catches all the fucking food on the tray and then she's like wow nice reflexes and then he's like that took like 180 shots to get they did it legitimately and it they just did it over and over until it fell well which is absurd an absurd idea you know in 
do you know how they did it? Literally, Tobey Maguire was standing there with a tray on his hand. However many things dropped, there was a person for that. They were literally, like, laying on a ladder, like, just laying there waiting to drop that single thing right there. Like, each per- like one person dropped a milk carton. One person dropped a bowl. One person dropped the, the whatever. Like, and that's just how they did it over and over till they got it right. And that's like, why? After a hundred times, do you think that like you might just do something else? That's, and I don't know. I, I love that like they went through that. Like even for that little scene, they were like, Spider-Man would catch all this shit. He would do that. We have to make it happen. And they were like, we're going to do it. Yep. We're going to stick to it. Simple. Um, so I don't know. That's, I, See, the line I have in here, I think, was just a placeholder so that I can mention how corny this movie is. I don't think it is my favorite line of the movie. But it is Peter and MJ are in their backyard. Peter's taking the trash out. MJ just got yelled at. This is like the first, their dream conversation. What are you, what's your plan, you know, after high school? And then Peter goes into like, you know, you're a great actor. I cried like a baby when you played Cinderella. And then MJ goes... Peter, that was the first grade. And then he goes, well, even so, sometimes you can just see what's coming. So, like, it kind of, in that one line, like, even though it's corny and it's not the best line of the movie, without a doubt, whatever, it encapsulates, like, what the whole movie is. It's that corny-ass line, but then Peter draws it right back in, saying, like, sometimes you just know people. Like, it actually makes it meaningful. And, like, it, 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 it wasn't just corny for corny's sake. It was, like... I don't know. It like it brought it back and like actually tied it into the story and like mm. made his nerdy absolute simp quality. Like you don't say like that is no. Like I you don't you didn't cry like a bait. You know you don't. Uh, that's really creepy to say or really I don't know weird. But like the way that the scene just works out and you know she leaves to go see the new car that you know they just got whatever. Like, it, like immediately she's taken away from you know the distractions that's or whatever. What I need. But this is, by the end of the movie, what makes her realize the one person I think of when I was about to die was you, Peter. Like, that's like, I don't know. And that doesn't, that line doesn't hit if you don't, like, have all of those things before. Oh, 100%. 100%. That, like, that, that is a really cool payoff to their romance is that, like, uh, you know, I, I've had complaints, not complaints about this movie, but I've heard complaints about this movie where people go their romance doesn't make sense. Like her saying that at the end being like, you know, it was you who I thought about, which I mean, like on service level, no, it doesn't really make sense, but it is, it is laid throughout the movie that he was always there for her. You know, she, whenever he like stops by after she's, she did the audition and she's like, uh, Oh, you, you came by what's going on. He's like, well, I heard through the grapevine, you know, your mom, your mom tells my mom, your, your mom tells my aunt who told me. And you know, uh, I well, was in the neighborhood. I, well, the neighborhood. I, I took two buses and a subway. Yeah, Does it like, like, I don't know. That's the thing is that Peter was the only person in that movie other than maybe Aunt May to show any sort of love to MJ. Hmm. Harry, I'll buy you things. I'll make you, it'll make you feel better. And then or whenever, when his dad said that at Thanksgiving, he was like, and then he literally f- was exactly his dad to her, like, in that second. Don't talk about things you don't understand, woman. Like, are you kidding? Like, what, dude? Like, come on, Harry. You're li- like, whatever. Harry's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but, like, 
Yeah. Your boy's been in love with this girl since the fourth grade, and you knew that. He like he said he tells his dad he's mm-hmm. been in love with her since the fourth grade. There's no one on this planet that Peter cares for more. He even says, you start, other than his aunt May, I think literally dickhead yeah. at that point. Yeah. Like damn, yeah. Yeah. kill your girl. Yep, like that's only just way, brutal. only way. But Joe, and I did. And like ask you how you'd feel, like, hey, what would like what would would this affect us or anything? It just tries to go be- behind his back, even though Peter only talks to Harry and occasionally MJ because they're re- they're neighbors. Like, was his plan to bring it up Thanksgiving dinner? Terrible. Like, I don't think he had a plan. I think he was going to keep it a secret for as long as he possibly could until it just until he found out. But uh, Joe, since you did do favorite line, let's do let's go around let's go around hmm. the circle and we'll start with Michael. Um, if you had a favorite line in this movie, what was it? All right, so I had I had an honorable mention with this one, uh, Colton. You you said it earlier. I just wanted to go back and highlight because I thought it was just really funny. Um, it was the uh, it was when uh, they were when Peter and uh, Mister Jameson were talking in his office, and then Green Goblin comes in and they start kind of like their little interaction, and then he just like shoots the web at Mr. Jameson's face, and he's like, hey, kiddo, let mom and dad do the talking, you know, it's just, I thought that was really funny, because it just kind of shows, like, how Mr. Jameson, he thinks he's, like, this high, big-powered man, and he just got shut up, like, a, he's, like, a little brother, he just, just wants to do all the talking, like, no, shut up for a second, let's, <laughs> let's, let's figure this out, okay, so that was my honorable mention, um, but my favorite line was, um, when Peter let the robber run by, and, uh, the officer... The officer was like, damn, could have, like, helped out or whatever. And then the, the guy that stiffed him the money comes by. He's like, oh, you let the guy get away with my money. And he's like, oh, I missed the part where that's my problem. Takes yeah. what he said to him about the $3,000 stiffing him and just shoves it right back into his face. And then he learns the lesson of how it is his problem. Yeah. It was his problem letting him go. Like, that's the whole back forth real quick right there but i like that little of like hey you you just pieced me up a little bit so i'm gonna give that right back to you i'm not gonna take shit totally yeah extremely and, human of him too i absolutely and, would not have done shit that's yeah no like you can't like i hate when people are like oh he should have stopped him like and then his uncle wouldn't have died and blah blah, blah. like okay Look, for one no. that's his origin like uncle ben like needs to die and like to give him the line you know like he needs to go through this experience to make him inspired it's like part of his origin whatever but like um the part of like how would peter ever in his mind think oh yeah if i let this guy go he's gonna go kill my uncle how is that ever in his mind whatsoever no. that that is what this teaches him that is the point of this entire thing is to yes in the in the instant gratification, he felt very instantly fulfilled, and, like, he dissed the dude who just dissed him, it felt good, but then in the long term, it was very, very bad. So, like, the, the lesson that he learns is that even if, maybe in the time, it seems like the right thing to do, you always gotta do the right thing, you know? He learned what Uncle Ben taught him in this moment, really, here. Yeah, so, and, uh, it's the reason why I, I feel remiss not to go with with great power comes Thank great you. responsibility. I figured and someone was going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's it, you got to at some point, but uh, it's it's the operative thesis for what all Spider-Man stories tell, especially the early ones in the comics we read. You know, like I was watching the movie, like Peter Parker is a little bit of a dick. 
He's he's flawed. He is not he is not a gen like he's a good guy. You know, it's not like he's it's not like he's a bad dude or anything, but like he's human. He fucks up. He makes mistakes. And I like that the comics were like, as soon as he got the power, he was like, well, I'm gonna get famous. I'm, I'm not going to use this for, to help anybody. I'm going to go ahead and make money off this. I'm Peter Palmer. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, make, make some money off of this. And, uh, I, I like the way that they act on that in the movie, you know, like he's not, uh, whenever he is entering the ring and like, some like someone's the guy announces him as the amazing spider-man and he's like he got my name wrong i'm like shut the fuck up dude what just gave you the best upgrade you could have ever asked for Who, yeah. it, like what the fuck what do you what you're you're a little annoying little shit there and how he tells off uncle ben like whenever yeah. he's like stop trying to be like whenever he's like I, i'm you know i know i'm not your father Pete. he's like well stop trying to be and it was like ah like man that's the last thing you'll ever say to him you know and that's just well not actually i guess he says Uncle Ben, I think, is the last line that he says Peter. to him, technically. Um, Peter. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, having, like, him leave like that. And it's like, yeah, he, he is a teenager. He is, like, going through changes, big changes. And, like, he and he has to deal with that. And I don't know. It's through changes. I don't know. That scene was tough, picking, like, the scene. Because most memorable scenes when I'm, like... Out of watching this movie, it's like Bone Saw. Bone Saw is like so. It's he's such, a, is ready. such a small part of the movie, but he's so memorable. Like holy crap! Um, I I don't know if I can't really pick that as my favorite part. Uh, but well, yeah, I don't I like, know, like. I like the way they modernized stuff from that first amazing fantasy story, where like Flash and that is like a douchey sixties bully. Where he's got the blonde hair and he's the pretty boy and he's like yeah and then Flash is like the the fucking beefy like yeah what's up I'm my, my name might as well be Chad you know like uh that's that's Flash in this movie he's a very early two thousands late nineties type of villain the wrestler in the comic is a very stereotypical back in the day wrestler this guy is like the epitome of what wrestling culture was at that time like uh it's. <laughs> Like the he's ready. He, I he fucking looks love like that the Undertaker, word. like from WWE. He actually kind of looks like him, but like mixed with mm. another wrestler that I can't think. I don't know why. It's like the under if the Undertaker and maybe like Triple H had a baby from the WWE, you get bones on like Kurt Angle or some Ooh. shit like that. Oh. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. But yeah, no bone bone saw was sick. Um, it was always fun watching that like uh and how uh, he literally webs in front of everyone there and flips and does like a triple backflip and hangs on the wall and everyone's just like oh this is awesome like i guess they're watching like rest i don't know but like yeah, hey, be just, of some sort they really just accepted that at face value like they were just very okay with that um and i mean the amazing spider-man like the like, I feel like if anyone knows the secret identity of Spider-Man, it's this wrestling organization that knows well, that Peter... Did he sign up as Peter Palmer, or did he sign up as Peter Parker? Well, he know? didn't sign up as anything. He wore, he wore a mask and... But you don't think... So, like, he just walked in there, no ID. Just there, like, was no, there was no contract he had to sign. She was like, yeah, do you agree yeah, that this is... True. Like, we're that's not true. responsible for any of your shit? And he was like, that's yeah, true. I agree. And they're like, cool, fuck. And how about Octavia Spencer? who is like a relatively big actress now. Yeah. 
yeah, being yeah. a microscopic role in Spider-Man 2002, just taking in signups for the wrestling league. Like, I don't know. I thought that was awesome. Uh, what, what I love too, is that like the way they handle that in the comic, the, like, uh, who do I make the checkout to? And he's like, Spider-Man. And he's like, well, you're going to have a fucking tough time cashing that. Uh, <laughs> like, here's the thing. Really Leave that. it blank. I'll fill it out. That's Solved. true. Solved. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you're giving me the money. It's not like me putting my name there is stealing any more money from you, you know, no. or whatever. But You fill out the amount, I'll fill out the name. We're chilling. That's kind of badass, too, to say that. Like, I'll fill that out. Like, you don't you gotta worry, you don't worry about that shit. You don't, you don't worry about that who shit. I am. You don't know who I am. You don't know my name. You don't know my story. Okay. But uh, c- scene. We were on scene. What What is your favorite scene, Joe? I think the most memorable thing as a kid was whenever he is drawing the suit. Whenever he's taking the paper. Like, it's not anything crazy going on. But as a kid, this is like... I don't everything. know why I loved to draw. This is what got me to draw, like in the first place. The first things I did draw were Spider Man in his suit, and I would even like symbol question mark write all the different spider. Like I would do what he did in a composition notebook just over and over. With the, I don't know why I because I felt like I wasn't. He was that is who I wanted to be as a kid. And this scene, like now watching it now, like I loved it for that as a kid. Now he is taking all like insp- like you you see in his mind what he's thinking while he's drawing um you see that you know he's thinking of the spider that bit him so that's the symbol obviously i'm 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 come from spider i have spider abilities my symbol is a spider and then he's like i need more color the next thing he thinks of mary jane's hair and he's like red i know that that's my girl i love that girl red into my suit and then like he, and then he arrives at it and he's like this is it like i found my suit this is I don't know. Like, I just, I love the the music swelling there, him thinking of MJ, him thinking of all of his powers, just everything coming together. Um, not an important scene in the movie, not like, you know, like, if I had to pick, like, an actual thing, it'd be probably later in the movie when he has to make a very hard choice, like, with MJ or with Green Goblin at the end, you know, like, that would be the scene. Like, actually, so, it, it's tough, like, weighing the options, but, like, it's all favoritism here. It's not what's the best scene, you know? It's what was your favorite scene? I think it I think I do just have to go with that. I put it down immediately because it was the first one to pop up that was big enough to take the slot. And then the only things that were going to take it it would either be like the the conversation that Peter has with Aunt May about MJ and about like, is it really so bad? Would it be really so bad just to let her know how you feel? Um, and like how, like she heard all of that and like how it was just so cute. Um, so like, that's the thing is like my favorite scenes are probably not the big action flashy scenes. Like whenever I think about it. So I think, I'll, yeah, I'll just go with his drawing montage. Cause that's like, I don't know. That's what really got me into him as a kid. Like not the only thing, but a big reason. And well, the way it's shot, too, like, that's so Sam Raimi. Like, it's so overwhelmingly Sam Raimi. Like, if you've watched Multiverse of Madness, the whole montage where Scarlet Witch is, like, trying to access the different realities, and you get, like, an overlay of her face with, like, something else moving across the screen, and, like, 
it's just like he's just got such a distinctive style on that scene more That's, than a lot of them. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that is like Spider Man. It's so good that they were like, all right, we have to get these two previous actors and put them in the new movie. Can you imagine if they did that with Batman, how weird that would be? If, like, we saw Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, like, I don't, like, that's, I've never thought that I would want that, but I've always thought of all the Spider-Men coming together, though. I guess mm. they're closer together in literal time that the movies have been made, so that's easier. But, like, I don't know. It would be kind of weird with Batman if that happened. You know, I, I don't know that happened with Batman. Yeah, like well, it, just, it doesn't make. There's not a story where that makes sense. Like the Spider Verse exists in comics, and again, we talked about him on an episode during our comic book character draft. Dan Slott. He actually conceived of the Spider Verse. That was his idea. He was the first person to write that down. Um, and so it only made sense that eventually, live action wise, they would go. We have three Spider-Men who are still very capable of doing this. Why not go ahead and do it? It, only, it was only a matter of time, but uh, that is a great scene. It was. It's. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. But uh, Mike, what about you? What is your favorite scene? So we touched up on it a little bit earlier. Joe uh, went in great detail. He actually had more, a lot more detail than I prepared about uh, Peter catching all the food on the tray. Um, I, the reason why that was my favorite scene is just because, like, I feel like a lot of people don't know that, that he, they actually had to practice that and do that. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to slowly drop these things and then we'll just, like, do some visual edits and make it look clean. Like, no, he actually literally had to stand there and catch all these, what, five or six food items at the same time. Um, and, and then just leads, like, right into, um, him kicking Flash's butt in front of the school. Like he like so he's he rushes to his locker real quick. He's like scrambling, like what do I do? Like my there's webs coming out of me, I don't know how to control this, like I don't know what to do, and then it's just like slow mo, guy spitballing, paper airplane, and then I know where just flashes fist and he just dodges that. But really what really I don't get this, and I think it was just really funny and he caught me off guard. It's like so everyone's expecting Peter to get his butt kicked by Flash and then Flash's friend or whatever. That doesn't happen. He backflips out of it, dodges, blocks, you know, counters, and then he's like, "Man, you are a freak. Like, we're we won't we won't be freaks because we beat you up, but since you beat us up, you're a freaking freak, man." Like, I was like, no, "No, no, like you're not a freak. You just got your ass kicked." I was wondering if it's like that doesn't make sense at all. Fighting is it just because he came walked out of the cafeteria with like the webs and like the you know the tray was like going up. So they're like, "What is that?" He's already a freak, and then like he won, so he must be a freak. Like I was well, trying to come, I think like it's yeah, the way he won. I guess he did triple like, back. This flip. man, this man seems like he he knows shit. He does like a triple backflip, flips over them. He does all the fucking blocks he needs to, and then punches him in the chest once and sends him flying. Sent him actually twenty feet. Like actually twenty feet backwards. If I watch if I watch somebody do this, A, I think it's cool. I don't call him a freak, but if I was afraid, I would be like, yo, this person's a little like this person is dangerous. I should not fuck with this person. Uh so that's where the freak comes from, is that if you saw someone do this, you would call them a freak athlete. Like, yeah. that's, that's I guess insane. that's like the equivalent of like a really weird, quiet nerd that like at from our high school. I'm, I don't want to throw anyone's name out there, but just 
The, that's like the equivalent I'm, of just a really no George. That would be okay. That's like <laughs> me in high school beating the crap out of Michael after doing a triple backflip, sending him twenty feet flying after catching food on. You know, that's like you know that would be kind of whack. Yeah, um, if, if you if, if, if I, we were in. The- Y'all remember the hallway, right? I remember the apple toss where you guys tried to catch it in each, like in, in the mouth. Yeah, like a that hallway, just Basically. meeting there trying to fight. And <laughs> Joe, you do a triple backflip over Michael. I would absolutely walk up to you, point in your face, and go, "You fucking freak!" <laughs> like that's that's. I mean, it's awesome because this is if it's your favorite scene, it's where my favorite shot from the movie comes from. Um, I saw Colton where you did. It is the best shot in the movie, I think, without a doubt, critically, whatever. But this, um, during the fight, um, it's his spidey sense going off and it slows everything down and it, it zooms through. It shows a fly, shows a paper airplane, shows a spitball, and then it finally comes into, to flash his fist. Like it, the whole, it's one, it's a oneer, but obviously visually, like it's, it's visual camera, effects, but it is not, a wonder. Yeah, it's it's a wonder, a visual effect wonder, and it the transition from Flash's fist over to like Peter's face, um, and then he like dodges it, and he realizes like, oh, like this is really cool. Like, what is going on here? Um, so it's like the first kind of time of his of his Spidey sense coming out, mm-hmm. um, and it's like through that shot they really show how like how it makes sense why. If a punch is coming at him, it makes perfect sense for him to dodge every punch, dodge every little... If he can know that a fly is, you know, right there and, and a little spitball and, like, he senses everything, like, I don't know, in camera, like, they showed his Spidey sense, which I think is is really cool and I think done really well, so... Oh, it is, it is. Like, I think, uh, I think my favorite depiction of Spidey sense is still Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh the dolly zoom where they all just like in the back, like it's, it's incredible, but this is like, as a first one, it's incredible. Like it's a very, very good choice. And picking out a favorite scene for me was difficult, like excruciatingly difficult. Uh, so many because options. there's so many fantastic and memorable scenes in this, you know, like I almost went with a green goblins origin, like him being created just because when I was a kid, that horrified me. Cold, like it being cold, getting in the tank. That is, mem- yeah, like oh, that's oh, 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 like him shaking in there. Fuck yeah, I remember that vivid. Him jumping out and like sitting like he's <laughs> on the he, fucking glider. Like I, I don't know. Like, like I loved it. Back the formula. Uh, I'll ne- I'll never forget it. Uh, so that was a candidate. I didn't go with it. I'm a, I'm a list all the candidates because I just want to shine light on what my favorites were. Um the Thanksgiving scene when Norman realizes um, yeah, Cut. that's fucking great. And we will have like a whole conversation about that. So I'll go ahead and put that off for now, but that was a candidate. Um, but I had to go, I had to go nostalgic with it. Like what I remember from the moment he looks at his hands and they show the little pricklies. That might be the most memorable, like, I wished so bad when I was a kid that one day those would just pop up on my hand and I'd be able to stick to a wall. I wanted it so bad. And like, it was that shot. I would like, I would like look at my hands so fucking close praying that they would just pop up. 
Uh, so like, I loved that. And then like the way the music is coinciding with his, like each little step he takes, it's like, dun, 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 dun. And it just keeps picking up the faster he goes. And then I'm like, so that, that's my favorite scene is him taking his powers for the, for their first ride is, uh, when he's jumping from building to building. Yeah. Go web, go web, go. Well, I'm away, web. <laughs> and then the little hand movements he does, like the uh, different things he tries, and then it like just works. And he's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" <laughs> I love, I love how he's just a little kid trying things out. Like he's a teenager, and this is exactly the shit I would do if I was like, you know. And I'm like, okay, paper sticking to me, weird. Can I climb wall? Like that'd be my first thought. Like, okay, and then like. That would shoot on my wrist. I'd be like, down when he's up there, he's like, oh, like, I love that shit. Uh, but he didn't uh, even think about what he would do next. Like, cause he starts to swing and then he realizes like, oh, wait, if I don't do anything, I'm just going to hit like, and he's like, he just doesn't know what to do. So he's like, he only thought of like, I wonder if this could hold me. Like these webs are pretty strong. I wonder if it could hold me. Cause I, and he doesn't know his web. Like he doesn't know at that point. He's just like, well, okay. Let's go we'll for it. Wow. Um, it's the leap of faith. It is the leap, leap of faith. faith. It's, it's, okay. it's always a leap of faith. But uh, I uh, I also love that there's like three DC references in this movie, and this, this scene possesses two. Um, up, up, mm-hmm. and away is an allusion to Superman. Up, up, and away, Web. Even get Superman name drops straight up. Yeah, that was the third one. That's later. Oh. But uh, uh, Shazam! Yeah, that was cool. Throw that a Shazam. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to, he's trying to get his Captain Marvel shit going. Um, which is, uh, hilarious. Like, it's, it's obvious that, like, Mar, like, Marvel has a long history of alluding to DC. And, uh, it's interesting because I don't think it happens the other way around. I don't think DC does a whole lot of alluding to Marvel, but, like, that's what DC has up on Marvel is the iconicism of Batman and Superman. They exist infinitely you cannot that's true spider-man's almost too specific you know what i'm saying like it's like if spider-man exists then that's just like everyone else does at that point but like if it's only it it, like it's weird it could only be batman and superman and like you're okay with that because like you're just it's not even like they're dc anymore it's just they are public like they are just pop culture figures like it's that's so cool but that was just a part of my favorite scene. I like I remember when I was younger just dreaming of being able to do what he does in this scene. Just like wishing so badly one day I would stick my hand to a wall and it would stay there. You know, like I'd pull away and it would just like oh shit. One web might come out. You know, I would look at my wrists so hard too. Like you know and be like try to like poke and move and be like could is there anything in there that could shoot out a web, you know? Like you know and like I'd really you know but a natural web shooting thing. You Bold choice. A... That that's movie original. He usually creates web shooters. Um I was thinking about this. That has to fucking hurt, right? I feel like it would sting. Like, I'm imagining, like, shooting something out of my wrist. It's staying there, and me holding onto it and swinging from it? The tension, the way the physics... You wouldn't feel anything in your arm at that point if you're holding onto it. It would be... 
nothing in your arm. It's only on where it sticks and where you're holding it that the tension would be. So you wouldn't actually feel it in your arm. I feel like the part that hurts is just while it's coming out, like a Wolverine-esque, you know, like mm-hmm. every time it hurts, you know, it comes out of him. But, like, I feel like as it's coming out of his skin, that's the part that would hurt. Like, like just how fast, like, I feel like it would just, like, be a paper cut. But, like, you know, just yeah. constantly. Yeah. Like, I could make another reference of something that comes out of your body fast and is white and it kind of feels good. Um, okay. But I'm not going to go there. I, 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 I kind of want to go here for a second, though, <laughs> because a part that I didn't notice that I, I don't know if I'm thinking too much into it. Right after MJ and, and Peter kiss, the upside down, the iconic kiss, Peter... Like he stops and like he kind of, he kind of dude nutted himself. I I have full confidence in headcanon that Peter probably nutted himself because that's the most action he's ever got. That's his dream girl. That's everything. That's you know like literally Peter nutted because that's that's the most he's ever gotten. And he's right, he literally shoots a web. The web goes into the camera. Like I mean, it's literally like he's spraying the camera with his web. And then when he's gone, and after his moment, right. MJ then stands there, kind of has a little euphoric moment, and then it cuts to just the rain. That's all you see is water, rain flowing in the sky, empty. That's it. So it's like you see the web come, and then you see the woman euphoric, and then wet drip rain. And like, I literally think it was their way of being like, it was so. A sexual like, experience. It was basically a sexual experience. Yeah, it was like it. I mean, it was like the Superman. Um, well, I was saying flight. Well, I guess they do get the their first little flight, so they do get that too. So, like, is is really cool. Um, but I also so. love a like that's something I've always loved about Tom Holland's Spider Man, like in Far From Home. Whenever he's like he's wearing a new suit and he's like it's a little tight around the web shooter, <laughs> like uh, like. That's that's blatant as all day what he's talking about there. So like I, I like I like that there's like this coded sexual thing that happens with Spider-Man's webs. Um it, it always has. Like it's a, it's a natural it's a natural next step for anyone with a brain. Um <laughs> but uh man, so that we've done line and scene. Uh Joe's done his shot. Uh Michael, how about you? You got a favorite shot in this movie? Yeah, um favorite shot is just one we just got done talking about, you know, it's the iconic upside down Spider-Man, probably his first ever kiss um, with his dream girl. You know, it's raining. She looks amazing. I think this is when I also like found out that like, oh, women are hot and attractive and I like them because her and that little rain scene with yeah, her the pink, the pink uh, dress and the. Oh, my God. Oh the my wet, God. the wet pink oh. dress at yeah. that. Oh. I did have a thing for redheads, red heads oh. as a kid, and this is just another reason why. First oh. heart, probably right there. Yeah, so I think yeah. yeah, that's my favorite shot. Just the iconic upside down kiss. Can't go wrong with it. You can't, and not to mention that that thing brings in a classic, classic superhero movie trope that we have commented on every time it comes up, where four dudes follow lady into alley. Superhero has to save them. Every time uh, from being assaulted, and in, uh, it's always in, it's a great trope. It's even it's even worse. Two guys start 
they see her, and then they're like, they look at each other, then they go follow her. And then there's four guys. The other two guys were just random passerbys that went along with it. They saw that these two guys were doing it, and they were like, yeah, we'll join you just instantly. So, like, I don't know what's worse, the two guys that chose to do it or just the two guys that instantly joined with no thought and were like, yes, we're a part. They didn't know each other. Like, I don't know, or maybe just all the the people, the thugs around this area, they're all, you know, they all know each other and they all plan these things. I don't know. Um, But goddamn. No, yeah, that that is a great scene. And it was one that I considered going with for my shot. There were a few... There were a few candidates for for the shot here, and that was that was one of them. That was the only other one I was really considering, besides the like I saw it and I was like, ah, now I have no choice. There was only there was only one other that I was considering, and in fact, I'm still even kind of considering it now, even though that I think this probably is the best shot in the movie. If you don't go with it, I will. I got you. Um, I'll give my honorable mention then. Uh. When the helmet is sitting on the chair, on like the corner of the chair, and it's speaking oh. to Norman, and he's like crawling towards it. They show a view from Norman's perspective of what he's seeing, and I was just like, oh, like Sam Raimi just knows how to create an atmosphere, you know, like there's a, there's a vibe of this apartment or this house particularly of the Osborne place that reminds me of the the scene in multiverse of madness when he wakes up in the morning and gets ready and like, uh, just in his, in the sanctum sanctorum, like it's just, he creates an atmosphere that feels so familiar every time. And I think that that, that shot really captured it, but I'm going to go with Norman giving Peter a choice. Let die the woman you love or suffer the children. And he drops them. And then it shows Peter's mask MJ in one eye, the the kids falling in the other, and I was like, physically, I know this isn't possible, but goddamn, do I yeah. fucking love it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It makes a beautiful shot. I don't give a fuck. And the funny thing is that immediately he's running after MJ. He said, fuck them kids. I mean, he knew he could save them both. He knew that was like, I obviously have to swipe in, save MJ first, then pick up the kids. So like, it's not him just being like, it is the optimal way to save them both is going after him first. Um, but like, it is just hilarious that like it's presented. I give you a choice, the woman you love. And then just immediately you see him running away from the children in slow motion. You know, like it's in slow motion running away from the screaming children. I just, it's, it's hilarious. Like it's just hilarious knowing, but knowing that he saves them both, like obviously it's all good. Um, I love that when he does save them both, Green Goblin was like, wait, really? You could do that? Like for, I really thought that if I dropped both at the same time, like at least, at least, one of the groups would die. And he looks at him like, oh, all right, whatever. And then like starts to like, he couldn't actually believe it at first. He's like, damn, like, he's like son of a bitch. Well, now you must die. That's actually what he says. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. Now you must die. And then he puts his blades on and tries to run into him. And the only thing that stops him is New York in New Jersey. So like, yeah, like, <laughs> and that was what I wanted to talk about with the shot, because that was almost my scene. I, nobody does bystander effect better than Sam Raimi does. The horror throughout the scenes earlier on where people are just running and screaming, you know, I feel like, uh, 
feel like we've lost sight of just how horrific some of the events mm-hmm. that happen in superheroes, superhero movies can be for the people now. experiencing it, you know, like, uh, and I feel like Sam Raimi does it so fucking well, but the fact that I love the way he portrays community in New York, like, uh, you want to go through him? You got to go through us. This is New York. You don't fuck with us. You know, like he's like, uh, I love it. They're all throwing the shit at him and like, Spidey saves New York. New York saves Spidey. I think that's, I, I love that. I love that so much. And, uh, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite things that Raimi does with all, well, the first two movies specifically. Um, it's, it's, it's just super well done. I really love it. But, uh, I mean, a- I mean, after that though, like, it's great. Like, the sequence of events that happens here is that this is like the third act of the movie where usually we're getting lightning storms that are coming down and hitting vampires and starting a vampire ritual or a freaking um, Danny DeVito as the penguin. You know, it's it's the third acts were always insane and we were like, what happened? This time it's like it's ramping up and up and up and you're like, oh, like, oh my God, like he just saved MJ and the kids. Everything just got saved. New York saved Spidey. And then bam spider he gets thrown like into an abandoned building through so many walls you see him like actually evade a lot of stuff like really cool like first person like seeing how he does it and then like he doesn't see through like a window or something you know and he that's what he crashes through first and then tumbles over getting the absolute snot beat out of him he gets blown up and then like you think like oh he's he's fighting back like he's gonna do it and then like I feel like the scene, if I were to pick like my critical scene, um, it's this right here at the end of the fight. Um, whenever he's, it's me, Peter. No, it's me. No, it's, you know, I've taken off the mask and, you know, Norman comes out for a little bit. Um, take my hand. And that's then, the time that like anyone's figured out that Norman is Green Goblin, right? As far as in the, the movie is concerned, yes. The board members, maybe, because they're like, that's our glider, and then he blows them up and kills them. That's why he had to kill them instantly, because he had to get the company back, and they couldn't know, you know, whatever. Um, but, like, Don't yeah, that's, that's the first time in the movie that anyone is like, oh, you are the Green Goblin. Um, and I, I, I love how, like, Norman does come back for a little bit, like, actually. Like, that was Norman for a couple seconds, but he gets taken right back super quick. Like he's he's right back. Don't let, like, him, don't let him take me again. Yeah, and then moves his hand, like does it. Uh it's just it's so sad and and knowing now knowing that in no way home he was taken out right before this happened and put into the events of No Way Home, then he went back to the moment right before his glider stabbed like that's the thing. When he went back in his universe did Willem Dafoe instantly get stabbed by his glider? Or because that every other villain was taken right before their death. That's when they were taken, right? And then they were all put back in. So, like, were they put back in in a way where they didn't die in their universe? Is that to be believed, you know? Or, like, did they just wake up with the minds that they had in their current universe? I that, think for you know? that story to work it can't be putting them right back into where they were right before they died. Because um, if it is, him going, oh, oh makes it really funny. Like, it, obviously they could not have planned for that, but him being like, 
going through all of that change and being like, I'm good now. Like, yeah. or, like it's okay. Like everything's, and then like, oh, oh well, I'm dead anyways. He's like, yeah. shit, don't tell Harry. <laughs> so, um, no, but. No, yeah, this, uh, that leads me really succinctly into the best performance, which I can't imagine varies across the board. Uh, Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin is pretty fucking good at what he does. Um, just like all the scenes where he's acting opposite himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's speaking he to the mirror. Into a mirror. And oh my hair, god, I loved it. The hair. I loved it. The, like, he, oh my god. He, like, there. Like, I will destroy everyone who seeks to do us harm and he's like what and like he like he like looks at it like like oh i wasn't already reading this newspaper you know (laughs) you know this is like the one time where i like really want to give the performance to like sam raimi if i could right you know but like just for because like the performance critically william willem dafoe has the best he had to reach the most he actually performed the best like maybe aunt may um you know, like, like critically, it is just Willem Dafoe. It's crazy. Like he's finish in this movie, but like finish it. Deliver it us from evil. Oh, dude! And whenever he is looking down at Peter at the end, there you see his real teeth mm. through the teeth of the mask, and he's like actually like growling too and like showing his foot like the shot like every they make him look so menacing that dude is evil as all hell like dude had to program a woman's scream into his into his freaking costume to get peter to come up there like dude had to do that that was his plan you know dude's a menace dude is building yeah burnt out burnt just burnt down a building was fine with like that baby dying whatever um, just to get, you know, he, he literally told him, he's like, if you don't join me, innocence will die and we'll just keep fighting forever and ever. He's like, I'm honest, like straight up. If you don't join me, I'll have to either kill you or, and, and doing that cause innocence to die, which I don't care about. So like, you know, it, it is an ultimatum that I don't really ever think about when I was a kid because I'm like, he's obviously evil and Spider-Man is going to just defeat him. But like in the real world. Like, I don't, like, I don't give people, an, I don't, you know, I don't know. In the real world, I think, like, it's just kind of like, okay, I join, like, it's just obvious. It's a no-brainer. Like, unless you are that good morally in an actual, like, hero, you know? Like, in the real world, that just, like, this dude just gassed me. I'm paralyzed. He could kill me at any instant, you know? I think after you get blown up and all that, like, I don't know. It's crazy. Like, he he even gives him one more chance. He does. He says, I'll give you one more chance. You know? You love to play the hero. But, obviously, you can't have him join him in the movie, though. No, fuck that. The point of the movie is to have With great power comes great responsibility. His responsibility is to fight back. It is his responsibility to protect these people. Beautiful. And I, I don't know, that's... Like, what... I guess that's it really goes to show like how us being the target audience for this movie. Like we were maybe younger than the target audience actually, but like um 
growing up with it, we were the the target audience for this movie, and it was made in a way that parents could also enjoy it at the same time. Oh, one hundred percent. This movie used to fucking scare me. Yeah. Scare like whenever whenever he is screaming me. up in that burning building and he like turns around and he's like ha, 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 ha. like that shit was horrifying whenever they do that chop cut from uh Ooh. like when Peter's like laying down and then like they cut to like just randomly like green goblin right there and then like he wakes up and he's like oh. like like that's that's some good shit I forgot about the shot of all of the the like blade grenades that he mm. threw and like the matrix the, all of him dodging them in slow motion that was pretty sick is it better than his spidey sense and probably with that yeah, like, yeah it's probably better than the spidey sense shot like that's just him in suit fighting the green goblin dodging those and that's yeah that's like way more memorable in my mind too I, i'm switching my shot actually to that Ironically enough, very memorable. Um, the Matrix. Forgot about it. The Spider Man. I don't know what to call that. Um, um, Spidey dodges flying knives. <laughs> flying ball knives. Spidey, I'll, I'll just, Spidey dodges flying knives. There you go. <laughs> I like. I like it. Um, um, good enough for me. He doesn't dodge them all completely, though, and that brings me to one of my favorite scenes in the movie is whenever he makes it back to the apartment and they're like, ah, Peter, I don't think Peter's here. And then they hear that thump and they're like, oh, let's go check on him. One and all, everybody, let's all go up to Peter's room. Why don't we? Um, All four of them are like, yeah, let's all go up there, which I think is already hilarious. Um, This scene is why this might sound goofy as fuck. I check the ceiling of every room I enter. Every single room. I always walk into a room and I look up. Wow. Spider-Man's there? Well, I don't think it'll be Spider-Man there. I'm just like, in case something's up there. You know, every single time I walk into a room, I go, I check every corner. I look at, I look at the ceiling because I'm like, fuck no. Fuck no. I'm not about to let someone get the jump on me from above. No. The, the closest thing I have to that is checking like the backseat of my car every time. I do that every time I get Like I can't I I'm a paranoid person. If I like sometimes I'll be like I will try to like force myself. I'm like, I know I have to look back here, but I, I know it's dumb. No one's in the back of my car. I know it's dumb. Whatever. I try to like tell myself, okay, I'll just look forward and I'll, it'll be out of my mind. The only thing I'm thinking of while I'm driving is there's someone behind me about to strangle me at this point. I wouldn't know because this is the one time I didn't look behind me. And then I look behind me. It's like, yep. it happens every time. I don't, I don't even get in the car on my way, on my way to the driver's seat. I go around the back and I look, I look through each window, open up my car door and sit in. Like, I'm like, I'm not taking the risk. I'm not getting in that front seat. I'm not letting somebody get, get to me like yeah, that. I understand the, the ceiling check. This, it's not that out there. That's not that crazy. No, I mean, like, that's far more out there than somebody being in my back seat. But, uh, <laughs> like, uh, you're just I, making I'm sure just, the room's I'm a clear. generally anxious person. So I'm always well, like, I got it. I just check. I always check. Way to get into your house somehow and just hang out on the ceiling and see how long it for everyone to notice me that is oh my, my god my- if you ever did that i would like can you imagine like here's the thing i've always thought about this whenever i do that whenever i do walk past my car and look in the windows what the fuck am i gonna do 
when it actually If I happens. do look in there and someone's sitting there, what the fuck do I do at that point? Do I just like I, like I just think about it, like I think I just like pull out my phone, I back away, I'm like nine one one, what's up bitches? <laughs> like I can't <laughs> maybe try to play it off as it wasn't your car and like that I think that's probably the best thing now that I'm thinking of it is if you see someone, they don't know that that's your car. They don't know whose car this is, you know, unless they watched you get out. That's the only thing. I don't know. But I, I it'd probably be best just to play it off as, like, that's not my car. I'm getting on my phone. I am now calling the police. Hey, there's someone in the back of my car, and I am in this parking lot. I am going to sit in this building until you tell me to come outside. <laughs> like I, I am that's, frightened. Please um, help. Yeah. Do like that's one good thing for me, please. That's true. I've, I, I've never, that's even scarier thinking about what would happen if it actually, if the worry were to actually be fulfilled. Cause that's the thing. It's just, it's an empty worry right now. Every time I check, I'm like, there's not going to be anyone back here, but just in case. But I've never thought about if the in case comes true, what the fuck would I do after that? Um, just be frightened, run away. I don't know. Um, like spy, like I feel like as a kid, this movie would have actually given me the power to, like, fight. I'm not a fighter whatsoever, but this movie, if I was ever in, like, a fight or flight, I think, like, at this era of my life, I would have chosen to fight because of this movie. You would have triple Yes, I would have triple backflipped and then punched the dude about 20 feet in the other direction is probably what I, probably what the first thing to come to mind would have been. Um, but, yeah, now, like... That's the thing. Now I know I am at the disadvantage. The only way, if it's another guy, kicking the nuts, poking the eyes. That's my advantage. My advantage, I'm, I'm faster, maybe, and, and I can kick you in the nuts. I can poke you where it hurts. And Just maybe strategy. blind you, maybe Just blind strategy. you and make you feel nauseous while I run away. That's my strategy. And it, it, I don't care if that makes me sound like a pussy or a coward. That's, I'm just 5'6". And 115 pounds right now. That's just not. I don't survive. That's just survival of the fittest. Got to use my brain. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I. That's I don't know. That's probably like. That's why I like Spider-Man more and more as he gets younger and younger. Like the actors have gotten younger and younger, and I actually like that because if I saw as a kid Tom Holland's Spider-Man in place of this movie as I was growing up, it would have only made it better. Like, seeing the actor actually be closer to my age, like, making it more realistic, you know, like, more, like, that could be... More made. relatable. Um, so, like, that's the thing, is, like, these movies are made for the kids at the end of the day. And that's it's not made to be the godfather. It's not made to be a critical masterpiece. You know, you, you have the one-off movies where that happens, too, sometimes. But, like, mm. these movies are made for kids to inspire you know, just some good morals and good values in kids. Like, that's that's what it, that's, you know, and make a good dollar while doing it. Um, is the real reason they're making these movies, but um, if you want to give the art behind it, that's that, it's for the kids. So, um, I don't know, I, I love seeing Spider-Man getting younger and younger as time goes on. Um, but I don't want to discredit Tobey Maguire's in any way, because I felt everything I needed to feel as a kid when I, watching him. So, oh, for sure. For sure. But, uh, Mike, are you on board with the uh, performances and characters going to Willem Dafoe and Tobey Maguire there? Oh, yeah, I got to. Um, for performance, definitely giving it to Osborne. I just wanted to – I'm not going to repeat because we've already been over it. I just wanted to 
uh, reference. Like it was giving me like Jekyll and Hyde vibes from the high school book we were forced to read. Um, mm-hmm. To pay attention to, and yeah, I just—I mean—he just looks like a brilliant uh, scientist, you know. Like he just has a nice, clean-cut look. Like he's smart, and then he also just has that like raspy voice that goes demonic. Perfect. It just goes perfect with the Green Goblin. Like I don't oh, know, I'm something of a scientist myself. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. We did forget to mention that might be the line of the movie. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, I'll stick with my. I cried like a baby when you played Cinderella. Peter, that was the first line. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is the first line he says. My favorite shot. Goblin. My favorite shot was almost Green Goblin chasing Spidey through that, uh, through the middle of the street at the uh, festival, and it's just his fucking donk right there. Absolutely the thick, him. dude is thick. Yes, I, I, I didn't notice that until like the screenshots were like posted yeah, later on, and then either. like now every time I watch the movie, it's like, oh my god, like. They really just put Green Goblin's ass front and center. Well, I mean, left center. There's also, like, there's screenshots of, like, that whole scene is marred with just, like, funny. Like, if you take a, like, a just a freeze frame at the right moment, it looks so funny. Uh, Like, when Green Goblin, like, rams Spider-Man into the wall and he's, like, behind him. If you, like, freeze frame it right then when they're up against the wall, it looks, it looks sexual. It looks like it looks like there is something He's about pinning him up against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, and that's yeah, that's at the parade, like right when he's flying in. Yeah, I gotta see that now. Is it before? Oh my it's god! Like I whenever, love uh, his mouth through the mask. It's so good that they chose to do that. Like, I, oh, okay. Yep, okay, I'm right here. <laughs> okay, I see. Yeah, up against the window, and the windows break. I see it's coming up. He does some acrobatic jumps on top of the balloons, and then he, Green Goblin catches a midair, and bam. Yeah, he's literally, like, fully wrapped, arms around, wrapped him. around him. Spidey's like this on the window, like, arms up, like, and he crotches right in Spidey's ass, like, straight up. Like, yeah, it's, it is 100 He's waiting for him to grab Spidey by the back of the mask and just... Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, it's it is. There, if Green Goblin had his way here for a few more seconds, I don't know what would have happened. You don't know. I uh, should. Them. <laughs> there, who knows what would have happened if Spidey joined him? You know, that's that's I'm a, a different. I'm a world. Spidey Goblin truther. Truther. In a world where Spidey joins the Green Goblin more than allies. Well, that that was what was interesting about the early, early comic books is like in that very first issue of Spider-Man, he's vilified by J. Jonah Jameson and the Fantastic Four are like, uh, well, he's just a kid. What happens when he grows up? What does he decide to do with his powers? Like, I just didn't realize that they played so much with the idea of Spider-Man breaking bad. Um, and like, it, it's it's never in question for me. I've grown up with Spider-Man all my life. I know Spider-Man's a hero, but like there was thinking a time about being... Did. In 1960, whatever the fuck, and reading that and being like, what if Spider-Man is a bad guy? Like, that'd be interesting. Like, the the various ways that could have gone. It's cool that they ended up going the way they did. I know that, yeah, they do show that a whole lot. Like, they, there are times in the movie where if you have never seen it, like, and you don't know what happens, you're like, okay, this is, like, actually an ultimatum that isn't just blatantly, obviously, I go with the side of the good. It's like, you see where... Peter might actually like take him up on on his offer, or you might, might like falter. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's 
every aspect, like, there's nothing in this movie that's super out there for a comic book movie where you're like, oh, this is just ridiculous past the point of, like, um, it's taking me out of the movie now. Like, this is, yeah, right. I don't um, That's why, like, if I could give uh, the performance, uh, Willem Dafoe still probably beats out Sam Raimi. Um, but, man, Sam Raimi just, they, they wrote this very well. Um, for a, a superhero movie, yeah, incredibly written by David Kep and very well directed by Sam uh, Raimi. David so. Kep writ okay, wrote it. That's right. He just directed it. That's right. So, okay. Um, yeah, might might we be ready for a potential rating on this bad boy? I'm just looking at David Kep's uh, uh, filmography here, and the reason that name sounded so familiar is because he wrote Jurassic Park. Okay. Which is a very, very good thing to have under your belt. I see why the the love aspects could actually be like written well. Then, like at the like, I don't know. That's like because that's the love story in here. Like it's cheesy and like the actual on screen what you're seeing, but what's actually happening over the course of the movie and like the the payoffs that you get are actually like written well. Like it's Crazy cheesy good. in the moment, but they always reel it back in to actually mean something. Um, so I don't, yeah. I, oh, <laughs> well, if we're starting on ratings and it's enjoyment, um, it's pretty high up there. It is how, pretty, how pretty high I, how, up there. How do I rate that? You know, like, how is it not a 10 for me? Like, is the thing like, I have seen this movie. I don't know how many times it's, it is. Probably my favorite comic book movie ever to watch. That and that would be a ten out of ten for you. There's like there's zero hesitation on my end if it's a ten out of ten. Um, so that that's where I'm at. Gotcha. What about you, Mike? How how you feeling about this movie as far as the enjoyment factor is considered? Yeah, pretty much on the same level as Joe. I just, I, I it's hard for me to give something a ten out of ten just because I feel like there's always something that could beat it, you know. So um, that reason, I have to go with a nine, uh, nine out of ten on this one. I really enjoyed start to finish. I even like something that's really small. I thought even just the opening credits were like actually entertaining. Like usually, it's they're pretty boring, you know. It's just some names, but, like they even they even nailed that. Like how like it's just a great movie all around. Oh yeah, definitely the uh, definitely the strongest opening credit sequence we've had in the project so far. You know, I think X Men and Superman are the only ones that really give it a run for its money. But uh, I, I do think this is definitely the best, and I think they only get better once like they get Alex Ross in here to do the uh, artwork where it depicts the events of the previous movies and like Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three. It only gets cooler and cooler. Um, but a nine out of ten for Michael. That's cool. And as always with our ratings, we let our guests cultivate their own rating alongside hours um and my gut went to a nine five so for, on par with superman on par with superman. interesting uh, and since yours is a 10 i'm more than comfortable splitting it and going nine seven five i think that's only fair and i think i would give spider-man one a nine seven five legitimately Spider-Man 2 is probably where it gets to that. Right. That's where it goes to a 10. I feel like actually Spider-Man 1, like, I don't know. I, I think like there, I, I feel like it is, it, it does deserve a 10 out of 10 in the sense that like, I don't know of another comic book movie 
in the world, maybe into the Spider-Verse, maybe Logan, maybe Infinity War. Those would be the only movies that would, like, stack up to this one, or Spider-Man 2. <laughs> so, like, it's either a 9.75 or a 10, and I'm I'm okay with a 9.75. I'm, I'm going to soil Spider-Man 2 a little bit. I think that movie is very enjoyable, very fun to watch. I think it's vastly overrated. Okay. Just. Maybe I don't just think it's as critically doctor. well done. I don't I don't think it's anywhere near as actually good as this movie is. I think okay. it's every bit as enjoyable. Mm. I don't think it's anywhere near as good. I think they just they just do it. What they did well with the romance in this movie, they never do again. That's the romance true. falls the fuck apart. In the Raimi trilogy, it gets bad. Um, True, I do. And I'm excited to talk that. about it, but I just wanted I wanted to open up the minds of us going before we go into Spider Man Two to be prepared for maybe a That's little true. bit worse of a movie. You know, That's true. Just wanted, wanted to plant the seeds now so that we could uh, have that discussion later. But uh, all right, so we're coming to a nine seven five enjoyment wise. I believe so. All right. Yes, I am right. good with that. I think I'm there as well. Uh, Genre-wise, Mike, how you feeling about this one as far as it fulfills that action-adventure coming-of-age? I would consider this a coming-of-age movie for sure. Um, yeah. I put it because I saw, um, when I was going back through the sheets, of, like obviously these are all superhero movies, so now we have to break it down in subcategories. So I was like, kind of where I was getting, I was like, okay, so we have a superhero high school and you know dealing with all of their like high school problems as everyone does um so i get like a, like a 9.25 out of 10 i thought they did pretty well with showing um just like oh these two best friends you know are in the same girl um and that shit happens all the time and you 100%. know a lot of different scenarios play out from that and that just happened to be one of them which i feel like has probably happened in our high school probably multiple times so i just i um, and for that reason, I, yeah, nine point two five out of ten. I think they did pretty well with the superhero, and then also portraying the dra- dramatic sides from that you get from high school. Gotcha. So that was a nine point five. Nine point two five. Nine point two five. Gotcha. All righty. That's a good rating. That's a good rating. And I'm not much. I'm not far from that. In fact, I might be a little kinder to it. Um, I just might um, because. As far as knowing what the movie was, I think they made exactly the movie they intended to make. And I think the action is amongst the best we've seen in in a superhero movie so far. You know, that sequence where he is setting up the photo, the the camera so he can take the photos to give to the uh, the bugle. And he takes down those guys in the street, like does the whole like acrobatic Spidey action and stuff. That's pretty awesome. I think the coming of age aspects of this movie are done incredibly well. Um, I think we might, I think this might be on that tier with Superman and Batman Mask of the Phantasm at a straight up 10 out of 10. Yeah. I, before this, you had Blade and Howard the Duck to, and the X-Men to, to say what the MCU had to stand for. This is the movie where people are like, okay, I know that these, Last movies have been whatever, but this one you have to see. Like this is the one that put Marvel on the map big time. 
Like, this is the first, like, spy, it's Spider-Man, and they did it right, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, thank God they did it right the first time. Um, it they, they knew exactly what they were doing coming in, and as a kid's movie, this spoke exactly the way it was supposed to speak to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it still speaks to me now. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I'm comfortable giving it a 10 in the genre. Um, if I'm we gave that. Superman and, and Batman Mask of Phantasm, it's it's every bit as much. Um, oh, it fulfills it fulfills everything you want out of a superhero movie, I think, to a a perfect level. And like, as far as like, like I said, that third act, it's definitely the best we've had so far. And that's usually when a superhero movie falls apart, mm-hmm. and they manage to make it more personal than it's ever been, as far as our journey is concerned. Uh, through through our comic book films so far. Uh, that shit was personal. It wasn't like, oh, this is world threatening. I've just got to save the world. Green Goblin was like, I'm trying to murder the woman you love. Mm-hmm. Do I'll something. go after Aunt May first, and then now that I know, oh, the, the actual, yellow eyes. Yeah, now Those that I know another yellow person, eyes. God damn, he's cold. Like, that's, Yo, and I'd never realized how good that shot was of Green Goblin, like floating into Aunt May's room, where he is like silhouetted in black, and then all you see are his yellow eyes like that was that was a good looking shot that was that was some fire shit but uh yeah genre i'm I'm right there i think i think i'm there with the 10 out of 10 uh mike are you comfortable giving an adaptation rating or would you rather leave that leave that to us i mean I'll, i can give my two cents well off yes. for record like i said before big picture guy so there just off of pictures um um, from all the different comic books and then tying it back to the movie, referencing the movie. I gave it a 9.5, I think, you know. Mm. I saw a lot of ties that, given I'm not a big comic guy and I don't, uh, I look at the ones that we watch, obviously, so I can have mm. the reference. I don't know as much as you guys do, um, but just from my little knowledge, my little brain, uh, I thought they did pretty damn well, so I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Fuck yeah. And you're you're not far off. I would again elevate on it though. I think this uh I think this does exactly what Spider Man what Spider Man is supposed to be. I think they as far as the comics that came before it, there are very few movies that I think have accomplished what this did as far as honoring the image of what the character was before it. Um Is it to I, the I think, level of Superman? Is it yeah. perfect? Yeah, yeah. It, it maintains thing. it maintains the spirit of the character. It actually adapts events that happened in the comics, and, which yeah. is something Superman seventy eight didn't necessarily do. Um, that's true. Like, I mean, there were literal like things that were just well, comics. We at that point, I wasn't doing the uh, less than legal way to acquire comics that aren't available <laughs> on the internet. Um, true. Um. But Still I mean, I, I guess it's it. If we gave Superman a ten, this has to this, be a 10. this is a ten. Yeah, it's it. Um, I don't know the feel. Everything was just like even the even Peter Parker. You know, even down like not just Spider Man. Like even just the Peter Parker side of the character. Um, and like everything, and they like I, I everything was just as I was reading the comics. It was just I was seeing all the inspiration out of the movie like i'm like oh my god they were just so faithful like i have no like no part of me is like oh wow this part they really like messed up like they just didn't handle this character well or like they just took this the wrong way like i don't feel like there's nothing of that so 
I yeah. I feel like ten's the only fair fair thing to give it. I dig it. I dig it, and that brings us Ooh. to the critical rating, Holy which is probably shit. the only spot where it falls a little bit. Not far, but a little bit for me anyway. Uh, Mike, how are you feeling about it? So going off of your guys' uh, scale of like 1 through 10, um, obviously uh, I think it's in the higher numbers. And then we break it down, it was like 7 was like a really like good movie, 8's a great movie, 9 is like S tier, like can't really get much better. I gave I gave mine, like, I think it fits in with the 8.4. Um, I think it's a really great movie. I really enjoyed it from start to finish. Like a lot of movies like I feel like have uh, downplay, like downtime, where it's like, oh, it doesn't really get... Like, it's not really interesting. It's just filler stuff. Like, but I feel like I was very engaged. Uh, I thought casting very well. Uh, Harry being one of the Franco brothers, very attractive man. Love that. Um, Mary Jane being very beautiful, very hot first heartthrob. And then honestly, I'm a big fan of Tobey Maguire. I think I might be a little biased because he was my first Superman. Um, but I, I love Tobey Maguire. I think he did a great job with uh, what he was given. Uh, don't And just, yeah. With all that casting, the action, uh, dialogue, just everything, I think overall, pretty pretty great movie, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually, I was right there where you gave it an 8.4. I was giving it an 8.5. Um, just a little bit above Superman, just, but just, not quite. That's that's exactly where I was. Is I couldn't really put it critically on the same level of Mask of Phantasm. Like, that's, that's an 8.75. But it's like it's damn close. Like it is, it's closer to Mask of Phantasm than I think to Superman. I think this this did a little better uh, than than Superman did, and Superman was good. But um, so yeah, I think I think eight five is is perfect there. Uh, All right, and that rounds our rating of it to a ninety six, and it rounds Michael's rating of it to a ninety. So uh, we're a little kinder than our guest this week, which hasn't doesn't happen a lot. It happened for the second time today. Uh, the last time was uh, with our, our our boy Robert Trout over at Colin Brand versus the MCU, where he he gave X Men a little bit worse a rating than we did, um, not by much, but just by a little bit. Uh, the new King Spider Man. It um, actually, Massive Phantasm is a nine four four, right? Yeah, it actually ties what we have set for Superman. Wait, do I just have that wrong in this? I have Superman at a ninth. Did we adjust, or did I just have that wrong? I, I had don't Superman know. at a nine three eight for some reason. Um, average, but yeah, nine. Did five, we adjust eight. after the X Men episode when we were like? Mm. I don't think so. I think we kept we kept hmm. it the same. I think I just probably copied it wrong into here. Um. So nine, okay, yeah, and this was so nine five six and yeah nine five six. I actually kind of like that they tie. Yeah, it ties Superman exactly to the decimal, which is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, I like that. Okay, um, as but a little games. bit better than Mask of Phantasm. Okay, yeah, that's uh, well, I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap all this up. I want to talk okay. about the last scene of the movie where. Yeah. MJ walks up to Peter and basically just confesses, like, hey, I didn't really know this, but I kind of felt it. And, and, like, along the whole process of the movie, like, you're, like, I found out that you're the guy that I, I need. You've always been there. Like, 
Uh, we may not have been very close. I didn't see it. But now that I got all the distractions out of the way, I got Flash and Harry and all that. I mean, all that. And then Peter's just like, yeah, I can only just be your friend. And I was like, do you think, like, he just, like, is trying to protect her and keep her away from what is to come in the future? Like, cause I just, I don't know. If I'm thinking yeah, my- for sure. I think, uh, I think what happened with the Green Goblin, with him taking MJ and threatening her life, because he knew Spider-Man cared about her. He was like, I can't put her in that position again. You know, like I, I, I simply can't put her in a spot where I can compromise her. I do, however, think it's dumb as hell of him to do that anyway. Um, doesn't matter if you are literally boyfriend and girlfriend, your supervillains will figure out that you're in love with this woman. Mm-hmm. You might as, you might as well go ahead and be as happy as you possibly can. Uh, want to know a different thought process to take this on is she figured out in that moment that Toby or that he is Spider-Man. She knows at that moment. Like, so think maybe. about it. Like, like, because everything's been leading her that way. You know, he's been trying to, and then he literally calls her MJ and then Mary Jane. And the only, the only, she he she's hearing the voice and then the picturing in his head Toby you know um or Peter um and it could be her way of trying to be like I know like I know who you are and I don't want to say it either but I'm okay with it you know they they both haven't gotten there I feel um, gotcha. is maybe what they were trying to go for. And then in the second one, it's like the actual figuring out and then the actual aftermath of like being okay with it and coming to terms with what this means. Like, I feel like maybe that's with what they were trying to do, but like, man, it's such a, it's not like the ending of Lala. Like, I don't know. I come away like more like, ah, oh, man, like this one, like it doesn't make sense really. You know, it's like, it makes sense for the hero trope, whatever. But like, for the villains, are gonna, you weren't you weren't boyfriend and girlfriend with MJ just now. Nope. When Green Goblin did that. Nope. And the only reason that just stop. The only reason that freaking Green Goblin knew is because Harry's just freaking out of nowhere snitch. You know, just out of the blue, drop that detail. Like, it's not like that Green Goblin figured that out on his own. Um, he only figured out that it was Peter. Because of Thanksgiving dinner and all of the blood ordeal and all of that, you know. So, like, um, yeah. So, I don't know. This It was an interesting way to end it, but I don't know. I can't I can't let that just deflate the movie, though. Because uh, it's literally, like, the last minute. It, the last... Yeah, and that's not even... It's not even critically... That doesn't... That's not like it's, like, making the movie worse. It... I think it just strengthens the principles of Spider-Man. It's just kind of like there's a flaw in the logic, I think is all. Um, but like, dude was crying in first grade over a, over a play. Like that's like you, you were know, simping for all your life. You know the feelings are strong with this one. Like I don't like I don't know. Like me personally, at least take her out on a date and then say like, hey, probably should keep this down low just so you know you live. But like I you know. You got you got your chance. You got to get the ball in the net at least one time, you know. So, that's why I want to talk about that one. He already came once. <laughs> my version, my headcanon. He, they already 
they had that experience. They both came. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but with that, we round it out to, to a 96. It. Mike here rounds it out to a 90%. It's a damn good film. And that concludes Spider-Man 1 starring Tobey Maguire. With that, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of comic book pull lists, book reviews, movie reviews. If we're covering a comic book movie that's coming out now, it's going to be on Patreon. It won't be until it won't be until it comes up in this project naturally, chronologically, that we will cover it on the main show. If you want any new coverage of comic book movies or shows, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. I was Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And thank you so much for joining us once again for the second time and certainly not the last. Michael Muehlberger, thank you. Of course, of course. I had a great time again with you boys. And yeah, hope, like you said, it won't be the last. Certainly will not. I hope to have you back for Spider-Man 2. Here in the coming weeks. I'm not sure how far off that is. We're only the... three movies in between Daredevil, okay. so... X2, and Hulk. And then it's we'll Spider Man. In about a month. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be the plan. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hop back on and we'll talk Spider Man 2. And uh, I'll be sure to have the comics ready far further in advance next time. Uh, and with that, we shall conclude. Remember peace, love, and bloom. And with great power comes great responsibility.